We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up show, the Best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, January the 20th, 2021. On today's show, another frustrating night for Gamecocks basketball. I break down South Carolina's 81-70 to loss to Missouri. Just what went wrong for Frank Martin, the Gamecocks, as South Carolina now falls to 1-2 and two in SEC play. Also, I'll talk about Shane Beamer, his coaching assistants, available to the media on Tuesday afternoon. I'll break down everything guys like Jimmy Lindsay, Luke Day, Torian Gray, and of course, Shane Beamer had to say to the media on Tuesday. Also, news and notes to get into, including the SEC baseball schedule being released, Ryan Holinsky announcing his transfer destination, more stuff with football, much, much more. We got a packed show here on Wednesday, guys, so sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, by the way. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service, guys. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They are founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. And of course, check out their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Guys, it's that time of year. Divisions are decided. Champions are crowned. Legends are born. It's time for the NFL playoffs. Guys, you've watched and watched all year long as your team rose to the top, fell to the bottom, whatever it may be. But now it's your turn to win big. And guys, you've heard the name just about everywhere. My bookie, they're the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino. And it's not hard to understand why with thousands of lines to bet on all your favorite sports, NFL, NBA, college ball, check, check, and check. Hey, MMA and soccer, they've got that covered too. All the latest odds period over at my bookie. Guys, you can take advantage of my bookies, prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, and touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket, guys. Visit their mobile-friendly website and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 just by using the promo code Gamecocks. That's promo code Gamecocks when you make your first deposit. And guys, the best part is this. They make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit instantly, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and 
more. Whether you're at home or on the go on your laptop or your phone, it's never too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid, bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. Let's get it. Times like these that I'm reminded that time truly is a flat circle. And what I mean by that is here we are sitting here yet again. I feel like this is deja vu from last season. Talking about yet another disappointing Gamecocks men's basketball performance. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris Phillips, host the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy Wednesday. Got a lot to get into here Let's go ahead and dive right into it. South Carolina men's basketball falling to Missouri 81-70 to in Como. And it's not even really the, that the fact that South Carolina lost. Because you came in this game as a six-point underdog. And you know what? First things first, tip the cap to Mizzou. Tip the cap to the Tigers. They were much better than I think I gave them credit for. Um, they moved to 9-2, and 3-2 and two in the conference, um, have one of the better centers in the league. Jeremiah Tillman is a real big-time ball player. He finished with 19 points. It's not the fact that you lost the game, though. It's just how it went down. It's the way that it happened. South kind of led for an entire zero minutes of this basketball game. Zero. Zero minutes. And what's, you know, what's really frustrating about basketball season this year specifically, is I'm torn because there's a part of me that wants to be critical and wants to dive in on these guys and go in on Frank Martin and go in on these guys that didn't play very well. But there's another part of me that's like, dude, what's the point? Like, we're not playing with a full deck. And I hate using COVID as an excuse because everyone is dealing with COVID. Everyone. Everyone's dealing with it. But... The reality is that South Carolina has been hit much harder than a lot of other teams with this coronavirus stuff. You know, not still not having a full roster. You still don't have Alonzo Frank and Jalen McCreary, and that killed you last night. Frank Martin's been in and out with COVID. Again, different guys missing games. And it feels like this season is going to be written down as a wash no matter what. You know what I mean? It, it just feels like this is going to be a wash. Like, oh, it's the COVID year. It, it's a built-in excuse. I know we said that for football, but I think with football, uh, you, you know, you had enough players for most of, the, you know, most of the time, number one, but there's so much more pressure and money involved and that whole free pass thing. I, I knew that was BS from the start. But with basketball, I, I really see, like, I think the season's just going to be a wash. But what's frustrating is to know for a fact that South Carolina is a really talented basketball team has what I would say is probably their best team since 2017. One of their best teams ever under Frank Martin. And it comes in this year where you can't even, I mean, what did you play, your fifth game in the last 45 days? 
You can't get on the floor. Your head coach can't stay healthy. It's a shame that you feel like that talent is almost going to go to waste. But again, you look on the floor. I mean, where do you want to start? Where did things go wrong for South Carolina? Basically everywhere. You let Missouri shoot 58% from the floor, 38% from three. They also made 20 free throws. They went 20 of 30 from the free throw line. Meanwhile, South Carolina shooting 38% from the field, 28% from three, shot 42% from the free throw line, went eight of 19. What really shocked me in this game was the defensive effort. I I mean, again, I could have stomached a loss. Like I said, you were a six-point underdog. And by the way, I'm never picking South Carolina to win again. I'm never picking this team to win again. Because every time I pick the Gamecocks to win, bad things happen. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. But bad things just seem to happen when I pick South Carolina to win. So I'm not doing it anymore. But I was shocked at the defensive effort from South Carolina. To give up 81 points to a Missouri team that I I would certainly not label as an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination, that blew my mind. Like, that really surprised me. And then you turn around, the the offense, the offensive performance. I, I mean, Jermaine Kuznard, A.J. Lawson, did they get off the bus? Did they play? A.J. Lawson and Jermaine Kuznard win a combined two for 12 from three-point range. Two for 12. And then you add in Justin Manaya. that group of guys went four for 18 from three, dude. Four for 18. And again, maybe it's a no-duh moment, but I'll say it yet again, and I've told you guys this numerous times over the course of this season. This is a South Carolina basketball team that relies heavily on its guard play, especially when you don't have Frank and McCreary. I mean, especially then. But even if you did have your full roster, this is a team, its strength is its guards. It's going to rely on its guard play. When your guards are playing well and you're seeing A.J. Lawson have the type of games where he's having 30 points, 25 points, you're going to win a lot of ball games, and you're going to look really, really good doing it. But on nights like last night where your guards can't make anything and they're not playing well, again, Lawson with five points, Kuznar with six. You know, Lawson and Kuznar when it combined four for 21 from the field. When you have nights like that, it's going to be rough, and it's going to look really ugly. I mean, hell, it just you, – you knew it was a bad night to have a bad night. You, you knew from the jump, too, that it wasn't going to be your night. I mean, you fell down 10 to nothing to start the game. You know, I, I talked a lot about going into that game, don't let the LSU loss beat you twice. Is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know if that's what happened, to be honest. But – That wasn't the same team we saw in Baton Rouge. That's for damn sure. That was not the same team. I don't know what happened. I don't know who that group of guys was. Shout out to Keyshawn Bryant for following up his great performance against LSU. He had 19 points in the game. So he had a nice night. And then shout out to Trey Anderson as well. Career night for him, 17 points. Seven of nine from the field, two of three from three-point range. Um, Again, a career high 17 points for Trey Anderson. But outside of that, Nothing. You had nobody. I mean, we can just go down the list picking these guys apart. Again, the beauty of this team is like you don't need Lawson to score 30 a game. But five? 
five. He should be at minimum a 15-point guy. At minimum. And again, we all know the guys you were missing. And, and that hurts you in the game. Bottom line, it hurts you. It just did. You had to play small most of the game. And Jeremiah Tillman just flat out made you pay for it with 19 points of his own. Also, another thing. This is kind of a side note. What on God's green earth is going on with 7th Woods? I mean, literally a Hall of Fame tweet during the game. Somebody said that a literal 7 Wood would be a better option at point guard than 7th Woods. And I'm not trying to pile on 7th Woods. I'm really not. But man, like I didn't have crazy high expectations of him like a lot of people did because I know there were a lot of inflated expectations out there. But man, like scoring two points? He scored two points the last three games. What is going on? Dude, what is up? And they're starting him every game. Like, it's crazy. But, you know, and I'll say this, because I've actually, for the first time in a while, I've seen a lot of people come after Frank Martin, which is really shocking, because I learned this uh, the hard way when I first started way back in the day with Armchair South Carolina, and I wrote an article about Frank Martin, and it really wasn't even like a fire Frank Martin article. It was an article just being critical. Fans are very, very sensitive over Frank Martin. Again, if you've perused Gamecock social media long enough, you already know this. I'm not telling you anything you didn't already know. Fans are extremely sensitive over Frank Martin. And again, it's, it's, it's tough to bring the hammer down or be super critical because of what everyone is dealing with in this year. But again, you also can't just watch games and when Carolina loses go, oh, it's no big deal, COVID. Like, you can't do that. These people are still being paid a lot of money to win games and to put a good product on the floor. And again, I don't want to overreact because you've only played three conference games. There's a lot of basketball left. But you got a tough one Saturday against Auburn, too. What happens when you fall to one and three in conference play? Then what? Then what? You know? Then what? But I'm definitely not going to be the guy leading the the fire Frank Martin charge. Like, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I like Frank Martin. I do. I think he's a really, really good basketball coach. I think he's one of the best basketball coaches in college basketball. And he's done some great things at South Carolina. And I think one of the reasons that some fans are so sensitive about people being critical about Frank Martin is because there are fans out there, and I totally respect this, by the way. There are fans out there that that Final Four run in 2017 was literally the highlight of their USC fandom, and they cannot let that go. And again, I totally respect it because that was a magical two weeks for Gamecocks Athletics. It really was. But, and again, this is not me saying, oh, we need to fire Frank Martin, whatever. But man, it just, it gets so old seeing the same thing over and over and over again. It's just like year after year after year. And I, I forget who it was, but somebody tweeted this, and I thought it was perfect. It was like, this season is just like last season and the season before and the season before. The one constant with Gamecock basketball is this. I'm feeling left dazed and confused and not sure which direction we're going to go. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. So if you, if you put that tweet out there, I apologize. I just kind of saw it at a glance. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. 
And what the the damn shame of it all is, is that you, again, like I said earlier, you really have a great crop of players, in my opinion. And in this COVID year, in this year that's a quote-unquote wash, whatever, it's going to go to waste. You feel like it's probably going to go to waste. And that's a damn shame. That's a damn shame. So, you know, and again, I'm not a fire Frank Martin guy at all. I'm really not. And I know COVID's been a thing. And like I said, we can just keep on saying that over and over. And, you know, I mean, hell, if if he's never going to get fired, you know, if, 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 because I don't think South Carolina would ever fire Frank Martin. But hell, just give him a lifetime contract at this point. If, if that's how we feel about it truly, just give him a lifetime contract. Why not? Why not? Give him a lifetime deal. You know, I, I, my biggest point last year was just simply this. You have to establish what are the minimum, what are the expectations? What are expectations for Gamecock basketball? What are they? What are they? Because again, I could go all in on Frank Martin right now or at any point, but really guys, I just don't even want to deal with the headache of people freaking out. But hey, there are arguments to be made about Frank Martin. Sure, really good coach. I like Frank Martin a lot. But, hey, there's cons to Frank. He's kind of an asshole. He comes off as an asshole. Not everybody likes playing for him. Not everybody can play for him. It really limits yourself in recruiting. Hey, you've missed on a lot of in-state guys. I wonder why. Is it Frank? I know it's hard to recruit at Carolina, but is it Frank? I don't know. How does it make any sense that your head coach returns to the sideline and you play worse? How does that make any sense? I don't. I can't compute that. I don't understand that. How does Frank Martin return to the sidelines and we look a thousand times worse? I just don't get it. I genuinely do not get it. I, I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, there, there's other things with Frank, too. Hey, outside of a two-week run in March of 2017, what has this program really done? I feel like, you know what it is? I feel like fans' expectations of South Carolina basketball are so painfully low. They're like so painfully low. So low. Like, it's almost like fans don't think we should have, we shouldn't have a good basketball program for whatever reason. Like, why can't South Carolina have a legit program in basketball? What do we not have? What do we not offer? Forget tradition. We don't offer that in football either. But a lot of y'all think we should be winning 10 games a year. Like, but what 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 reason is there that South Carolina basketball shouldn't be a good program? Because I mean, I, I think we have great facilities. We obviously have a fantastic campus. We got a great fan base. They'll show up when you're winning. Dawn Staley's proven that. We got a great fan base. You can get to the league from South Carolina. Hey, if you ball out in the SEC, you're gonna get to the league. I just, I mean, because there are other schools that, you know, you can, you can keep telling me that, oh, you know, we, we've never won and we're just simply not a basketball school and it's just hard to win at Carolina. And again, all those things can be true, but bro, you think Alabama's a basketball school? A team like Georgia, who just got the number one draft pick or sent off the number one draft pick in the NBA? I, I mean, there are teams that are not like, known as blue bloods in basketball that win and go to the tournament. 
So I, I just I don't understand why South Carolina can't have a legitimate basketball program. I, I don't get it. I don't know why. I really don't. I don't know why. And you know, a lot of people get upset in the preseason when South Carolina's picked to finish eighth in the SEC, sixth, tenth, whatever. Games like this are why though. Like, what if what is South Carolina basketball earned? Like, we don't deserve to be picked to win. We don't deserve to be picked to be good. You know, and again, I'm not trying to overreact to one game, but, like, it's just a microcosm of the entire last couple of years. Like, it, it just gets so old because this is going to sound bad, but I'm just going to say it. We're not good enough for fans to even care. We're really not. We're not good enough for the casual fan to even care about Carolina basketball. We're not. We're not. I just, and that's why you don't see a packed house. That, that's why you don't see Colonial Life Arena when things are normal, packed out. You know, and Frank Martin's bitching and moaning that people don't care about basketball. Well, go win some damn games. Like, South Carolina fans, I think, really do enjoy basketball. But they're not going to watch a, like, I'll even say it for me personally. And again, take this however you want, but I'm going to just be honest. Before I did the Spurs Up show, guys, I was a very casual South Carolina basketball fan. Like, even the Final Four run, as cool as it was, like, beating Duke was sick. But, I mean, it wasn't. It's, it, it, it's not the most memorable South Carolina athletics moment for me. It, it's not. It's not even close. I mean, it was a great moment. It was a great run. Don't get me wrong. But I've always just been a very casual South Carolina basketball fan. You know, and again, obviously, I've become much, much more diehard since doing the business and all. I mean, I'm invested 110%, as you guys know. But it's like, we're just not good enough to care. We're not good enough to care. Every time they reel you in just enough, they fall flat on their face. And again, I just don't understand it. I, I just genuinely don't understand it. And again, I'm not sitting here, like I said, saying fire Frank Martin. I'm really not. I'm not even saying that's the solution because, hey, who are you going to go hire? I don't know that you can go out there and get a guy that's better. But you don't keep yourself in a toxic relationship with a girl because you're not sure if you can find somebody hotter or that's cooler than her or better than her. No, you don't do that. And again, I'm not saying fire Frank Martin. The fact that I have to repeat that over and over should show you guys I know how sensitive Gamecock fans are about this. I get it. So I want to make sure I'm making myself very, very clear and that I'm not saying to fire Frank Martin. But I, I said it before the season. I'll say it again. I don't give a damn the COVID situation, the excuses. You can say whatever you want. If you don't make the postseason this year, some shit's got to change. Bottom line, some shit has got to change. Because, like, I mean, it is a it should be a criminal offense to not make the postseason with this group of players. It really should. It should be a damn, yeah, unacceptable to miss the postseason with this group of guys. These players are too good. Like, you, you can't, so what is it? You know, I see some people on social media. Oh, Missouri was just that much more talented. Do our players just suck? I mean, again, I feel like I'm talking about football here. You know, if you don't think it's coaching, then the players must just not be good. And, you know, people say, oh, they're not executing. Well, I mean, it'd be pretty hard to, ex pretty hard to execute when and cover your ears if you have, you know, children in the room, cover their ears. 
But yeah, it'd be tough to play good basketball when you got a guy on the sidelines calling you a fucking asshole. I mean, it's just, it just would. And I'm not, you know, I love how a lot of people's reactions like, oh, soft, soft. No, bro, Frank is an asshole. He's not the easiest guy to play for. It takes a certain type of guy to play for him. And I think that's why you see, like, his guys, once they're done, are so loyal. Because, like, that's a true bond, bro. That's a true relationship they build. Like, to play for Frank, if you're one of his dudes, you're really one of his dudes. And if you're not, you transfer. You don't play for him. But at the end of the day, man, fans just want to see us win. And, and, and the inconsistency, and again, it just it goes right in line with what we've seen the last couple of years. And it's just frustrating. It's just really frustrating, and I, it's, it's, it's puzzling. And again, now the question is, how do you rebound? Can you rebound? What do you do on Saturday against Auburn? You know? That's going to be the big question mark. Can you rebound? Because, again, you fall to one and three in conference play. I mean, you damn near stick a fork in them. I mean, really, to be honest with you. So, um, what, you got like 12 SEC games left. They're all important. You didn't get a bunch of your non-conference games. Didn't get to play a bunch of them. I don't know. I I don't know. It's... You know, it just you know, it just wasn't your night for sure. I mean, you got off to a 10-0 deficit. It wasn't your night. It was a bad night to have a bad night. AJ Lawson, bad night to have a bad night. Just honestly. But you know, a guy like AJ Lawson, gotta be more consistent. Gotta be more consistent. This entire team is looking to you. You're the dude. You are the dude. Jermaine Kuznar, what is up with him right now? Gotta play better. Just have to play better. Dude was on fire last year. Got to play better. Justin Manaya's got to play better. Everybody's got to play better. So, hopefully now with a couple of days to regroup and to circle the wagons and come together, you can see this team do so. Because, again, Saturday's game against Auburn at home, too. At home, that's a big one. That's one you need badly. I mean, you need that one badly. Because, again, if you fall to one and three in conference, it's going to be rough. So, again, South Carolina falling to Missouri, 81-70. to We'll take on the Auburn Tigers next. Um, again, got to shore it up all the way around. Again, you lost by 11, but it feels like you lost by 50. So, got to figure out a way to 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 – Circle the wagons and come together and, and rebound. All right, let's move into some football stuff. Coaching assistants, media availability. Just some quick notes on this. Um, Shane Beamer and his assistant speaking to um, the media on Tuesday afternoon regarding those guys being hired and stuff like that. And just uh, really giving overall thoughts. I was really happy and impressed what I heard from all the guys. Again, it was Jimmy Lindsay, Torian Gray, and Luke Day. And I think Luke Day, probably the one that stole the show. I, I don't listen, I, I don't want to put too much stock into what is said in pressers because, I mean, every co- – you know, if you can't kill the presser, I don't think you can be a coach. You know what I mean? And I will say that every time you listen to Shane Beamer talk, it is intoxicating. It, it feels great. It's such a nice change of pace and a breath of fresh air for this South Carolina program. But, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, my God, what Luke Day said, this one sentence he said, he's going to be the best strength coach ever. Or what Torian Gray said, he's going to be the best defensive backs coach ever. I don't want to say that. But, again, the common theme 
falls around this. You have guys at Carolina that want to be here. Flat out bottom line. You got guys that want to be here, especially when you hear a guy like Luke Day talking about how excited he was and, like, this was a dream come true for him. And, um, you know, you heard Shane Beamer reference it again. You know, we want to recognize the guys that stayed here. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Now, when you get going in spring ball and we get in the fall and we start playing games, we buckle the chin straps and we go, all that stuff in these pressers is is – it's, it don't really matter. You know what I mean? What happens on field is what you're judged by. They all know it. It's a results-oriented business. But I feel really comfortable and confident in this staff. And I, I love, like, I, I you can already feel it. Like, the vibes for Carolina football right now are very high. The morale of the fan base right now, very, very high. And I love the way even these assistant coaches are interacting with people on social media, the way Beamer is doing that. And again, the way these guys talk about the program and, and, and the what's important to them about being at South Carolina and knowing how special a place it is. Again, it all revol- comes back to what Shane Beamer said in his introductory presser. Bottom line. So, um, Really excited for the staff. Again, I, I like Torian Gray a lot as defensive backs coach. I like Jimmy Lindsay in that D-line role. Um, and then again, Luke Day, I thought, really stole the show with some of his comments. A really funny dude. Um, really interesting guy for sure, but a really funny guy. And um, I think South Carolina's in a good place. Now, obviously, we're just waiting on the offensive line coach. And a lot of you have asked for grades. Yes, I am going to grade the assistants that were hired, as well as the entire staff, I'm literally just waiting on the offensive line coach to be hired. So, literally just waiting on that news to drop. And it's funny. I feel like I should check Twitter to see if Shane Beamer has all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, dropped some news or whatever. But he hasn't. So, that's the good news. But, uh, but yeah. So, feel good about all the guys. Um, again, it's I, you don't want to put too much stock in – press conferences or anything like that. But, uh, no, you, you got to feel good about the guys Beamer's brought in. They all want to be here. They all value being Gamecocks. And I, I think, you know, again, I just go back to that conversation I had with Perry Orr. You can do so much more with so much less when you have a bunch of people that truly believe in the culture, believe in what, what you're doing, believe in what you're building. You can get so much more out of that when you have people that truly want to be there and that truly buy in and believe in what you're doing. And I think that's what South Carolina has right now. So, really good stuff. All right, let's move into news and notes, and then we'll wrap this thing up. The SEC baseball schedule was released on Tuesday afternoon. Boy, oh boy, is it a good one. Let's go down the list here of this schedule. All right, SEC baseball schedule released. I would expect the normal schedule, the full schedule, if you will. Uh, I said normal schedule. What am I talking about? The non-conference schedule to go along with this. I'm assuming the full schedule will be released sometime today, probably at latest tomorrow. But, guys, this SEC schedule, holy hell, what a slate. You start at Vandy, Florida at home, back-to-back weekends. That's how you open up SEC play. We're going to find out a lot about this Gamecocks baseball team very, very quickly because that is two top five teams. Florida, preseason ranked number one. Vandy in the top five. Some of the best arms you'll see. Florida, arguably the best lineup in college baseball. You're going to find out very quickly what type of team you have. But again, they're at Vandy, home to Florida, at Georgia, home to Mizzou, at LSU, home to Arkansas, at Ole Miss, home to Mississippi State, at Kentucky, and then home 
to Tennessee. So the good news, and I mean, I, I really can't even say what I was about to say because I was going to say, well, the good news is the back end of the schedule lightens up. I mean, dude, every weekend in the SEC is tough. But of note from that SEC schedule, at Vandy and Florida at home, and then at Georgia, those first three series, dude, if you can win two of three, you have made – this is a damn – this is a big-time ball club. I mean, really it is. Because, again, Vandy and Florida, I mean, your you're number one priority at Vandy, and I, I really don't want to have this mindset as a Gamecock baseball fan because I think as Gamecocks baseball, you should expect to win every series you play in. That should just be the expectation. But, man, like, just make sure you don't get swept in Nashville. I mean, really, though, with that pitching staff, the type of arms they have, just make sure you don't get swept. Again, Florida at home for the first SEC series of the season. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, going to Georgia for Foley Field. That road trip to LSU, which is one that I think I might actually try to make because my sister lives in Baton Rouge, and I think that would be an awesome time to go visit Alex Box again. Um at LSU is intriguing. At Ole Miss is intriguing. I don't remember the last time South Carolina played at Ole Miss. Um, Mississippi State that following weekend, very, very intriguing. I mean, you have literally LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, four weekends in a row. I, how that worked out, I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, a daunting schedule to say the least. But, hey, that's SEC baseball. Welcome to the SEC. Uh, another news tidbit that was very interesting. Ryan Alinsky, former Gamecocks quarterback, announcing he will transfer to Northwestern. Uh, heard that over the weekend. Heard it from my source over the weekend. Not surprised at all. Um, you know, wishing the best of luck. You know, I, we, we've talked ad nauseum about it. I know a lot of people are torn on it or a lot of people are really upset on it. Um, hate that he's officially, officially gone. I say, hey, at least we get to avoid the question now of, hey, is Ryan Alinsky coming back? Like, no, he's not. 100%. No, he's not. So, you know, wish him best of luck. It'll be interesting to watch his career, you know, unfold uh, in the Big Ten. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's a shame it didn't work out at Carolina. But, again, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, and then, finally, guys, spring ball set March 20th. And this is tentatively, Shane Beamer said in his presser, spring ball set for March 20th, <clears throat> April 24th, the spring game. So, thank you, Shane Beamer, for not making the spring game on Masters weekend. We really appreciate that as golf fans. But, uh, yeah, March 20th to start a spring ball, and then April 24th, the spring game, fingers crossed, that we'll actually get fans in Williams-Brice Stadium. So, guys, again, that's going to wrap it up. Appreciate you all tuning in. Again, hope you all have a fantastic Wednesday, fantastic hump day. Uh, quick note, the Daily Crow all week, noon to one podcast all week. Also, tomorrow we, would, we will be doing the next edition of the position unit previews, talking about the Gamecocks relievers heading in the 2021 baseball season. But guys, other than that, appreciate y'all tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much.